When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life, but when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 208 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm Patty Mayonnaise. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so poetic. Oh, Oh, gosh. That was really good. Uh, This episode is sponsored by Amanda Turner. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks, Amanda. So today we will be discussing the second half of Chapter 4 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Horace Slughorn. So make sure that you have read the chapter and you're ready to pivot your way <laughs> through the details pivot 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 shut up shut up shut up <laughs> <laughs> today before we begin let's go to megan with some really cool weekly profit news i saw this on the internet highway and so it looks really I. cool me too but i'm sad that we can't we can't go this. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a new experience coming to the UK inspired by Harry Potter titled Harry Potter a Forbidden Forest Experience so it will open at Arley Hall in Cheshire UK where the woodland will be transformed into a magical outdoor light trail in the evenings the illuminated path will include several surprises including hippogriffs centaurs unicorns nifflers and more In addition to seeing the magical forest come to life, guests of all ages can also discover a variety of food and drinks in the seasonally themed village and browse Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts merchandise on the in the on-site shop. Um, It just like I love the promo image like it looks so magical and it makes me really wish that I could see this. Um, so if yeah. any of you guys live over in the UK and you get to go and do this, please post pictures, yeah. <laughs> share with us. I would love to see what this looks like. Um, 
magical. Oh, for yeah. sure. It says that mm-hmm. the path is one way and is accessible and COVID safe and follows the latest government guidelines. So that is cool. That's cool. Tickets go on sale cool. soon. Like, I think it said July 29th. Mm-hmm. So they'll already be on sale. But <laughs> um, you can go to hpforbiddenforestexperience.com to get tickets. Dot com. Dot com. Thanks for the info, Megan. Anytime. Uh, so make sure that you follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform whoop, because whoop. we are now live anywhere you can listen to podcasts. And also share this episode with your friends because if you like us, they will too. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick Podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Swish Flick Cast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Swish Flick Cast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and it gives access to you for our exclusive Felix Files episodes, Discord channel, live episodes, trivia games, Swish Swag boxes, and more. Thank you all so much for all of your support. If you'd like to send your Potter stories to us or just any questions or concerns, you can do so to our email, which is swishflickcast at gmail.com. Very well done. Thanks. Very well read. Do we have anything new on YouTube right now? No, but we have a lot in the bank that I need to edit. Mm -hmm. There's new things on YouTube every day, Tiffany. Yeah, you're right. Actually, actually, Actually. fun fun fact, I just pushed out our old puff pastries live to everybody on our YouTube channel. Um, So you can go and watch the episodes um, for, I think it's October, November, or no, October, December. February and April are all live on our channel now for anybody to watch. Cool. There you go. Vlogs to be watched. You can watch me mess things up and yet somehow still make something edible. (laughs) So proud of you. Her rainbow bagels turned out so good. They were actually like real good. They looked really pretty. They were beautiful. You think they're really pretty? Yeah. (laughs) I do. I do. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? I'm ready. Recap, recap, recap. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. All right. Yeah. Harry's out having an adventure. And as he's having a conversation with Dumbledore, he realizes this is the first time that he's done that outside of Hogwarts. So it feels a little weird. There's another first for him, too, because we apparate with Harry for the first time. He's not really too big of a fan of it. But the plan is to visit an old colleague of Dumbledore's because he needs to convince him to come teach at Hogwarts because, once again, we have one less teacher on the staff. But when they arrive, the house looks completely ransacked. A total mess. Um, But Slughorn tried to pull a fast one on Dumbledore, but he's too smart for that. (laughs) He's one smart cookie. Mm Mm-hmm. How can a cookie be smart? Where I like that cookies, come from? though. Huh? I like cookies. I'm going to look up today. where that came from. Thank you. I'd like to know who decided a cookie was smart. Yeah. They don't have brains. <laughs> Depends on how you make them. Zombies eat brain cookies. That's horrible. <laughs> oh, oh. Why are you this way? <laughs> I don't know. It's probably because I watched iZombie, and that's how she would like make actual food with... like. Stop. No. It's a zombie show. That's what they eat. Stop. 
found it. Dumbledore takes a bathroom break. <laughs> Katie said she found it. Okay. Oh, okay. Good old Cora. Where does the expression oh, of course. smart cookie come from? This person, Joshua, Joshua Engel, says, It appears to have struck people as a charming idiom circa 1920s when cookie became a positive slang term for a woman. Hmm. So for the next 20 years, it became especially popular oh, with the adjective smart. That seems sexist. to have really taken off in 1948 and by then had largely lost its feminine connotation. Oh, yeah. Women are intelligent. Men once referred to an attractive woman as a cookie. Yeah. I'm not using the expression. Oh, my gosh. All right. So Dumbledore takes a bathroom break. (laughs) I don't know why that makes me laugh. Just the way it sounds. So that leaves Harry and Horace to chat. We learn that Horace Slughorn knows Harry's parents, especially his mother, very well. Um, and a bunch of other really well-known people. He's got like a whole thing of them. He's like, I know this person. I know that person. Yada, da, da, da. We also find out that neither one of them like Umbridge. Um, Dumbledore then's like, you know, we got to leave. You know, and I see a lost cause when I know one. And then Horace agrees to come back to Hogwarts. And he's like, I'm going to teach. I want to raise. I guess I'll come back. Think he got a raise? He Probably. stayed there for a couple of years, didn't he? Hmm? He stayed there. Now he like he did this year and the next year and a few years after that, I believe. Yeah. I don't know. We, he stopped talking to me, so I don't fully know what he's doing now. Oh, did he take your picture down, too? I think he did. Yeah. Oh, falling out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he only talks to Florence. I stopped taking his phone calls. Mm. <laughs> so then Dumbledore takes Harry to the borough. Then they themselves have a chat before he's told to go inside. And that's it. That's, that's all. The chapter. That's it. A lot of talking, as usual. <laughs> Which, if you think about it, is very different from this time last year when there was no one talking to Harry. That's true. It's true. true. So I'm picking up where they, they were left talking. Off. <laughs> they were talking about. <laughs> oh, Sarah. <laughs> Y'all, you're getting me on a sleep deprived day. So it's going to get weird. Sassy, <laughs> sassy, sassy. Um, where they're talking about how he goes from like house to house and bringing in the piano and all of that. So Dumbledore says ingenious, but it sounds rather, it sounds a rather tiring existence for a broken down old buffer in search of a quiet life. Now, if you were to, 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 Good Lord, <laughs> to return to Hogwarts. And then Slughorn goes into a defensive mode because this is something that he has been trying to avoid, along with keeping the memory quiet and, you know, not being murdered by Death Eaters. He says, quote, if you're going to tell me my life would be more peaceful at that pestilential school, you can save your breath, Albus. I might have been in hiding, but some funny rumors have reached me since Dolores Umbridge left. If that's how you treat teachers these days, boom. And then he's like, cut off. But, oh, the tangled webs we weave, my friends, because we get a glimpse at the story that Umbridge has been telling, slash the ministry has told the public in some kind of fashion 
whether it was announced in some kind of way or whether it was like heard through the grapevine, which we know that there's no secret at Hogwarts. Well, there's also no secrets at the ministry, I feel like, except for the Department of Mysteries. But I bet that, you know, Umbridge concocted this story of what happened in the forest and, you know, what she says happened. And she fed it to the ministry which is full of actual Death Eaters and Voldemort sympathizers. So it was very easy for her to essentially make her way back in and keep her job or a job, and then eventually moves up in the ranks in seven, there's for your bingo cards, Discord peoples, with the position that she's given to head the Muggleborn registration. So it all starts here. Yeah, and, and no one says anything. <laughs> I'm just taking it in. Yeah, I, I mean, am, yeah, it's yeah. She's spinning it to sound better her way, but maybe they don't want the public to know that like the centaurs are dangerous. But like, what spreads faster anyway? Like rumors spread faster, and she's like concocting. I mean, like, there's just the right people in the ministry right now for, like, what she wants to spread to spread. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, she tells her version of it. She gets a job back um, and then eventually moves up because that whole commission that she's on is a really, really big deal in Deathly Hollows. And so, you know. It's also good. really, really gross. Good for her, right? Okay. Thanks, Dolores. So <laughs> Dumbledore goes Thanks, ahead. Dolores. Thanks, Dolores. I'm going to say that anytime something goes wrong. <laughs> uh, Dumbledore goes ahead and gives him the truth. And he tells her that she, quote, ran afoul of the centaur herd. And you know that he says, you can't handle the truth. Oh, gosh. And that Horace knows better than to go into the forest and call the centaurs, quote, filthy half breeds. And so he, so Slughorn wait, goes, wait. Shouldn't it be ran a foul, like a foal? Ran a foal? <laughs> like little horses. <laughs> oh. Hey, hey Megan. Megan, hey, Megan, Megan where's well. your name from? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, but thank you for that. Yes, a foal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That gets a high five. Beautiful. It's the daddest dad joke I was like, that you've told so far. Opportunity. Beautiful. Okay, so Slughorn goes, that's what she did, did she? Idiotic woman, never liked her. <laughs> Snaps for him. But also, see how he's changing his tune where he's like, well, I heard what happened to Umbridge. Well, he's just happy to be in the know, you know? You know? I agree. <laughs> so, like, I agree with that. He's, he's like, oh, I heard it from Dumbledore. But yeah. what he's saying is like, well, I heard what happens to your teachers, pretending like he cares what happened right. according to Umbridge's yes. story. Yes. So whatever's going to serve his purpose is the best. Yes. And then he's like, oh, well, she, like, because she said that, like, anyone the, she would know what would happen with the centaur. Like, what had happened never, in the woods? Never liked her. <laughs> he is truly a Slytherin. Yes. <laughs> like. Yeah, he's big time Slytherin. Like, that is just, that is that's just exactly, I mean, that's the personality Self type. Like, preserving. Yeah. 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 Opportunistic. And yeah. which, like, in this instance, there's not 
it's not that bad. No, no. it's not. Yeah, it's whatever. There's other instances where like, eh, you could be a little less selfish. It's True. just self-invested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, traits from the houses can either go in a good way or a quote-unquote bad way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like and everybody. He, reminder, he is, as Vinny has pointed out, the first positive Slytherin. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Is he? Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's the worst. Okay. And I oh my gosh. think that there's no good Slytherin. All now. right. All right. All right. And so Harry laughs at the last part where he's like, idiotic woman, never liked her. So Harry chuckles. And so I can picture this moment like in my head. Harry chuckles and then Dumbledore and Slughorn both like turn and look at him. And he goes, sorry. It's just... I didn't like her either. <laughs> I love that moment. It's like a bonding moment with these three. I think it's one of those moments where like Harry doesn't really realize, you know, like you'll have conversations in your head or like you like are just thinking of something in your head and it happens so fast and like you don't even realize that you react to it. And like he only realized he reacted to it because they looked at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so great. It's one of my favorites. I have those in reverse where I forget to react. <laughs> That's my life. (laughs) I love you. I love you too. So in this moment, it got a little weird. Then it was a little humorous-ish. And so Dumbledore just stands up and he's like, I got to go to your whiz palace. (laughs) And (laughs) (laughs) it works on two different levels. Whiz palace, you know, you get it. Two levels. Yes, wizard, also peeing. Yes, we all get it. Hilarious. Okay, I hope everybody laughed in their car accordingly. (laughs) If you're in your car. All right. (laughs) Oh, my God. And Slughorn directs him down the hallway, and then there's a silence once he left. Slughorn doesn't really know what to do with himself, so he's just, like, looking at Harry, which is awkward. And he blurts out, quote, don't think I don't know why he's brought you. Okay, honey. We don't know how to weed, weed him out. <laughs> so we go through the routine. That Harry looks like his father, but he has his mother's eyes. Yada, yada, yada. I like in this section where Harry's like, yeah, I get it. And I'm sick of hearing it. Yes, it's truly a yada, yada moment. Slughorn tells him that, you know, as a teacher, you shouldn't have favorites, but that Lily was one of his. She was one of the brightest witches that he ever taught. Vivacious, charming, and cheeky answers. I'm sorry, who? Oh, I like... (laughs) (laughs) The setup for that was really long. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Quote... Oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not quote. This is Teef. Harry asks what house he was in. And Slughorn tells him that he was in Slytherin. No, Slytherin. Well, he even says to him, he's like, your mom would have been great in my house, but she didn't like that answer. And he's like, you're probably just like her. Gryffindor. And he's like, yep. Gryffindor. Gryffindor! Oh my god. Gryffindor! So apparently the expression (laughs) on Harry's face had changed. And he goes, oh, now, don't go holding that against me. You'll be Gryffindor like her, I suppose. Yes, it usually goes in families. Not always, though. Ever heard of Sirius Black? You must have done. Been in the papers for the last couple of years. Died a few weeks ago. And that's a punch to the gut. But, like, you also know, as I would assume as a teacher... 
that you would have known that he was friends with Lily and James. I almost said Sirius was friends with Sirius, which I'm hoping he is <laughs> because you should be friends with your own self before oh. you're friends with anyone else. But I would think that like he would know if like his parents' best friend, like, I don't know, but I guess he's not supposed to know him because he's supposed to be in jail. No, I think he does mention that later that they, he knows that they were friends. He does. He talks about them together. But also, uh, you have to be friends with yourself. <laughs> you should be friends with yourself. Before you're friends with anybody else. Oh, God. That's good. Uh, so, he goes on to say that Harry's father and Sirius were friends at school and that Sirius ended up being in Gryffindor, but he got Regulus instead. But he would have liked to have the set. And here's where we get our little Easter egg for R.A.B., which I enjoyed. Rab. Yeah. So Harry's put off by this a little bit because it's almost as if Slughorn's acting like he's a collector of sorts. And that's not really a Harry Potter style. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it turns him off a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Slughorn's lost in his thoughts and he continues to talk about Lily and he's like, you know, she's a mu- she was a muggle-born, but she was so good at magic that you would have thought that she would have been pure blood. Yikes a friends. Yeah. And Harry's the best. This is good friendship moment here. He tells Slughorn that one of his best friends is muggle-born and she is the best in his year. And then he's Slughorn... Keeps digging and says, funny how that sometimes happens, isn't it? Said Slughorn. And Harry goes, not really, said Harry coldly. Slughorn looked down at him in surprise. You mustn't think I'm prejudiced, he said. No, no, no. Haven't I just said your mother was one of my all-time favorite students? And there was Dirk Cresswell in the year after her, too. Now the head of the Goblin Liaison Office, of course. Another muggle-born, a very gifted student, and still gives me excellent inside information on the goings-on at Gringotts. Okay. Yeah, if you didn't care, you wouldn't bring up how astounding it was. You know? Like, you yeah. got a prejudice there. Yeah. For sure. I forgot to look up Dirk Questwell, but I believe that he travels with the goblins in Seven. I think he gets murdered. Murdered? Yeah. Can you Are you looking him up? Thank you. Um, I looked up everybody else in this next section. That man's an attractive guy. Oh, hey. Oh, yikes. Muggleborn he wizard. Does in fact, I March 1998. He was fluent in gobbledygook. <laughs> and that's not being an... <laughs> I'm not being a stinker. Um, he was... It says he was discovered by Runcorn. And so he was on the on the run to avoid the Muggleborn Registration Commission. Could you scroll for me? He was murdered by snatchers. Yeah, that's what I thought. Cause, because they go on Potter Watch and they talk about the deaths, I believe. Yeah, so he was the one that was um, on the run with Dean Thomas, Griphook, Gornuck, and Ted Tonks. Yes, okay. Yeah. Oh, it pulled that from memory. It was right in front of me. That's I am good. All right, so that's uh, Dirk Cresswell. And at this point, Slughorn is... Bouncing up and down a little bit, pointing at all the photographs on the dresser. And this gives me Lockhart vibes. Like, it just, in this moment, like, it just, it feels very Lockhart famous-y 
Tight. It's like Lockhart had those feels about himself, whereas Slughorn has these feels about his collection. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I just got very, very Lockhart vibes from this whole scene, especially coming up. So um, he goes into listing all of his super famous, super talented contacts. Quote, all ex-students, all signed. You'll notice Barnabas Cuff, editor at the Daily Prophet. He's always interested to hear my take on the day's news. I'm sure he is, sweetheart. Okay. (laughs) And Ambrosius Flume of Honey Dukes. A hamper every birthday. And all because I was able to give him an introduction to Ciceron Harkis, who gave him his first job. And at the back... You'll see her if you could just crane your neck. That's Gwynog Jones, who, of course, captains the... Some people say Hollyhead. Some people say Holyhead Harpies. Whichever you prefer. People Wait, are all, what? The Holyhead Harpies or the Hollyhead Harpies. I guess it is holy, isn't it? It I is holy. Because that. that, well, I I've say it is because head. of Jim Dale. That's weird. But yeah. Jim, Jim Dale says Holyhead. Well, it's only one L. Mm-hmm. But... But... I don't remember how they say it in the movie. I think they say Holly. I don't remember. Um, And so he goes on to say, people are always astonished to hear I'm on first name terms with the Harpies and free tickets whenever I want them. Let's talk about some people. Yes, Megan. I just think that it's important to point out that like he has this collection and he's quote on the run. Harry talks about that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he, he says he hasn't heard talked in, obviously, a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think he likes, like, it seems like as he's talking to Harry about these and pointing out these people, people in the picture, he's almost, like, kind of forgetting about all the other stuff that's been happening for the past year of, like, him being on the run and, like, Voldemort being back and all of these things. Because mm-hmm. the minute Harry brings it up, like, oh, like, I'm surprised you could talk to him. He goes, oh, well, I haven't. It's been a year. So it's like, oh. Yeah. He gets like... My life's not normal anymore. He gets the sads. (laughs) Um, So Barnabas Cuff, who was the editor-in-chief of the Daily Prophet, there's like a really blurry picture of him, which is a picture from the movie, of his picture in the movie. Say picture. Picture. Um, he must have been a really good student, or maybe he came from money. The wiki doesn't know. <laughs> but he was in the slug club. So that's cool. Thanks, Barney. Let's talk about Ambrosius Flume. Ooh. Um, so that's by the 19... 19- cool name. It is cool. Ice cream. It's a cool name. Yeah. Well, wow. Ambrosia is what I think yeah. of. Yeah. By the 1990s, ran Honeyduke Sweet Shop in Hogsmeade, a very oh, popular shop. Avi, one of my favorite places to go at the Wizarding World Fairy Bonner. This person attended Hogwarts. <laughs> Hogwarts? Never heard of them. Oh, man. Was in the Slug Club. Probably sent crystallized pineapple. You know what I'm saying? So that, how do you say it? Eat a mediology. <laughs> <laughs> um it comes from the his first name comes from the greek word ambrosia meaning food or drink of the deities there you go properly named Gwenog jones i feel like that's a name that like everybody has heard of because of, of ron ron who's ron 
I don't know. <laughs> a Welsh witch who attended Hogwarts and later became a professional Quidditch player and was the captain and beater of the Welsh all-female Quidditch team, the Holyhead Harpies. There's also, so there's a picture of her from his, um, like the shelf or the, it's the mantle, right? I think mantle. Okay. And there's also a picture of her signature, which I thought was interesting. That's cool. Yes, I agree. There's a lot of stuff in here and I think it's from a game. Let's do a Felix Files on her. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, we'll do that. The Holyhead Harpies. All-female Quidditch team. Plays in the British and Irish Quidditch League. It was founded in 1203, making them the second oldest team in the league. Wow. They they wear robes of dark green. Where's my bell? Thank you. mine Mine had a cord in it. There we go. And gold. <laughs> and they're uh-huh. unique among Quidditch teams because they only hire women to play for them, with the exception of Valmy Morgan. All known members of the team have either a first or last names that begin with the letter G. I think that's from um, Quidditch Through the Ages. That little um, book. We did a oh, we did yeah. a series on that way back when. Yeah, that was in the infancy. Yes. Um, oh, so that, that Valmy Morgan was the only person that didn't have the G in their name. So, yeah. There's a lot on them, which we've already covered. See, previous Felix file. Okay, but is there a <laughs> Scrudge Mary United wiki? There should be. There will there be. be. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be on Alpha Potter's website. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> I love it. Oh gosh. Um. So after Slughorn goes through like all of his prized people, right? Harry's kind of appalled by this, and he asks Slughorn if all these people know where he is to send him things. It's like, you're telling me that all these people send you tickets and you sweets. Um, you know, you're writing to them. And he's like leaning into the leaning into the idea that if these people are in contact with you, then the Death Eaters are gonna easily find you. Thus ends the red. That's a good point. But I mean, obviously he's doing something right because he hasn't been found. But you know, but but you know what I also thought of? And this is just this is just an idea. I'm not saying that this is like, oh my gosh, I believe this, true and true. But the way that he reacts to Harry saying that and how he's like, Well, I haven't been in contact with people, I wonder if that might be a little bit of a fibberoni. I was also thinking, like, I wonder uh if uh, Dumbledore is just hyping him up to a certain degree. Like, are the Death Eaters really looking for him? I th- do you think the reason why he originally went on the run on the lamb was because he didn't because Dumbledore was asking him about things, and then and then Slughorn's like, I got to get away from this guy. I can't let him know what I told Tom Riddle. Do you think that's what he originally did, or do you think he just went on the run because he knew that things were getting real shady? 
Could be. Because Dumbledore found him really easily anyway. Yeah. Which I'm not surprised by, though. What do you think? Do you think it was because of Dumbledore asking him about stuff? I think it's just because things are getting shady. I th- I think it could be like a culmination of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because like right now, oh, I had he seems like too. kind of like on the fence. And I don't think he would ever go and fight for Voldemort. But obviously mm-hmm. we know that he's doing, he has done some, for lack of like a better term for in my mind right now, but like shady things. Like we see him later on, like stealing like the tentacular leaves that are, black market thing so like he he's not necessarily he doesn't necessarily do things like above board all the time um so maybe he's realizing that some of those people that he's worked with his like contacts are maybe on the dark side um of the force and he just wants to make sure that no one's gonna catch him yeah yeah so i also just thought of this to like counter myself and what i said but i wonder If Dumbledore asking him about the memory, like, set off a light bulb in his head that he was with those students who then became Death Eaters. And I wonder if, you know, they knew how much Voldemort respected him as a teacher and maybe... Maybe he was afraid that they were going to come after him and recruit him because of that. And even think about, like, what else does he know? Like, if he knew about Horcruxes, and he's not afraid. Nobody else was in the room when they talked about Horcruxes. I know, but maybe what I'm I'm saying is, like, maybe he's thinking that Voldemort's going to have them, like, if he knew about Horcruxes, what other things does he know about? Because if he's not afraid right. to learn about that, yeah. and he's not afraid, essentially, to get his hands dirty, to do some darker things, like... I think part of it is, like, he just likes to learn. Like, that's, in my, in my opinion, that he just wants to, like, maybe read a lot of things. And, like, he's not afraid to learn about the dark arts. Mm. And so, like, if he knew about Horcruxes, what other things can he know? Yeah. Uh, Vinny also said, I think Slughorn is afraid of Voldemort trying to smoke him because of what he knows about the Horcruxes. I mean, which is what leads oh, to the confirmation gotcha, gotcha. for Dumbledore. Beautiful right. thought I mean, as well. He, it's it's true. That's true. Like trying to I, stop the interception of Dumbledore potentially. Yeah, who's the only person mm-hmm. who knows? Slight I didn't one. really yeah. know what smoke him meant. And I was like, <laughs> poof, gone. <laughs> Kill him. In the lake. A long vacation to the lake. Could you say missed him? Missed him. I know things. <laughs> Do you? No. Do you? <laughs> no. Katie's like, no, I actually have not, not at all. <laughs> he missed him and furious him. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Sent him to a farm upstate. <laughs> my husband's on it today. All right. Shall like, we move Marty's on? Here? <laughs> <laughs> so the smile slid right off of Slughorn's face. And he says, of course not. He's been out of touch with everybody for a year. So Harry gets the impression that these words shock even Slughorn himself. Like he looks unsettled for a moment before acting as if he were just shrugging it off. I I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is to imply that like he's been out of touch with everybody because I'm guessing maybe it's because he's on the run or like, do you think that these people really do just... Like, do you think he talks up their interactions more than he actually? I don't gets? know. That's my impression. 
could see that. I mean, because he likes it. I go on to say later, like he likes to be the person that has influenced these people. Yeah. So that doesn't mean that he still needs to be like a constant in their life. Right. But he can mm-hmm. say, oh, yeah, I know Gwenog Jones. Mm-hmm. I know this person. I suggested this person to that person because it makes him feel important. Yeah. I also don't know, like, why. I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything, but like, why would these people continue to send him things year after year after year after year? You know what I mean? It just seems yeah, odd. I feel like it's exaggerated. I thought that, too. I think it could be more of like, uh, hey, I taught you. And I think that like, because Hogwarts is so, it seems like such a close school mm-hmm. that if he was like, yo, dude, can I get tickets? They'd be like, yeah, sure. Professor Slughorn, like, I'll get you tickets kind of thing where. So he like, go, right. he like, he initiates and then they write, yeah. they respond. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Too. I could see that. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with that. Like, oh, did you know my birthday's coming up? And then that's how he gets did that giant know? pack of sweets. <laughs> did you know? I can see honeydukes from my house. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so Slughorn continues to say that the prudent wizard keeps his head down in such times. Taking a post at Hogwarts just now would be like declaring his public allegiance to the Order of the Phoenix. And while they're very admirable and brave, he doesn't fancy the mortality rate. So, again, this is self-preservation. Very Slytherin characteristic. I don't blame him, though. No, I don't either. You don't have to be an order in the Order of the Phoenix to fight for that side. I agree. It's It's like being in, in the armed forces. You know, I mean, like, not everybody is cut out for that. Just like not everybody is cut out for the Order of the Phoenix. And that's okay. I agree. You can just admire those people that do those things. I'd also say a lot of people are willing to self-sacrifice themselves in that group to be like, if I need to die, so be it. Mm -hmm. So we can win. And not everyone is willing to do that either. True. Yeah. Um, so Harry interrupts him and tells him that he didn't have to join the order just to teach at Hogwarts. Um, and he said it with derision, which is like ridicule or like mocking. And I do think that like this is Harry's hero complex a little bit at work because like, again, I don't think that I don't think that what Slughorn is feeling or thinking is really is bad and Harry is judging him for it. Yes. Because he knows so many people in the order. So he's just like, well, it's the right thing to do. Like, of course you should do it because he's a Gryffindor and that's Harry's personality. I, and I Harry would do it. I think it's more so Harry's thinking, agreeing with you, but I'm thinking like he, all he wants to do is be a part of the order. So why would yeah. anyone else? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's not the only way to get to the goal of winning for the right side. You know what I mean? Right. Because like, think of the role that Slughorn does play and he, and he's not, he's not a part of the order at all through the entire series. Um, and he still plays a huge role in them. Well, not all the other teachers and they still fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, right. And I think part of it too, like, I wonder if he has any reservations because he knows, uh, what he talked to Voldemort about. They had little, their, their little chit chats, you know? So Harry's just having a hard time sympathizing with Slughorn because he was remembering like Sirius crouching in a cave living on rats. And again, like 
people's situations are different and like it's okay that Slughorn is scared to be in the order. I just want to like reiterate that. But yes, obviously, you know, like again, Sirius Gryffindor very much into being in the order and self-sacrificing and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so Harry continues and says most of the teachers aren't in the order and none of them have ever been killed unless you count Quirrell and he got what he deserved seeing as he was Ooh. working with Voldemort. Not wrong. Ooh. Um, and Harry knew before he had even said Voldemort that Slughorn would be one of those wizards who couldn't bear to hear his name. I wonder if like at first, like before he knew anything about Slughorn, he might've been thinking like, well, this is an old colleague of Dumbledore's. Maybe this is someone Maybe who's he'll. like cut out for the order and like is like Dumbledore. And yeah, blah, blah, blah. he probably had a whole idea in his head and it just isn't living up to what he thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so S- Slughorn gives a shudder and a squawk of protest. Ah! <laughs> Thank you. That oh uh, Harry just ignored. And Harry then goes on to say he reckons the staff are safer than most people with Dumbledore's headmaster. And he supposed he's supposed to be the only... He's supposed to be the only one Voldemort <laughs> ever feared. I'm having and trouble, folks. I had trouble as well. foreshadowing because next yeah. year Dumbledore is gone. He's gone. <laughs> Goodness. He's gonna die. Um, Slughorn Jeez. thought that over for a moment or two. And I think that this is kind of like the wheels beginning to turn in Slughorn's head. Like, I think, honestly, I think that was one of the lines that potentially grabbed Slughorn more than anything because mm-hmm. in Slughorn's mind, he was like, safety. Maybe it is safer to be there. Yeah. And, like, that's what got him down the pathway. Like, I know he says no, but, like, I think that this line sticks with him. Um, so Slughorn thought that over, and he almost seems to be talking to himself. Yes, it's true. Voldemort never picked a fight with Dumbledore. And I suppose one could argue that as I have not joined the Death Eaters, he who must not be named can hardly count me a friend. Is this his fear of what he did coming through? I guess so. For sure. For sure. I think, I mean, we all know, like, he's doing these things because of that conversation. Like, he's hiding because of that conversation. It's probably his biggest regret ever. I feel like it's one of those things he thinks about all the time daily it's like it's a haunting especially now yeah yeah i agree um so he thinks yes he might well be safer a little closer to albus but he can't pretend that amelia bones's death didn't shake him with all her ministry contacts and protection so again this is like comparing his situation to hers to be like well look she didn't make it out and she had so much protection but her situation is also very different than what Slughorns is going to be because I, I feel like the ministry was infiltrated. Hogwarts at this point isn't infiltrated, so it's safer than the ministry. But I think that a lot of people have a hard time seeing that because you think ministry, government, well, protection, Hogwarts, just a school. Hog- you Hogwarts, know? Hogwarts is infiltrated, though. Well, this is true. It's going to be this year. Yeah. And it was year I don't believe one. it. <laughs> it was year one. But at the end of the day, it's still safer than the ministry. I agree. Not for long. Right. Not till that cabinet gets fixed. There's a chapter later on in the book where Harry's trying to figure out what Malfoy's doing, and the author just 
put this piece beautifully in. And Harry was standing there and he's listening to hear like the pop of the door appear. And it, and, and the author writes um, that he can only hear the birds like twittering outside. And I was like, bro, that's good. This was the birds in the room. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I lost my spot. Oh, Dumbledore comes back from his. What did you call it, Tiffany? Oh, Wiz his palace. trip to the Wiz Palace. His trip to the Wiz oh Palace. God. Someone yes. in the chat That's said terrible. that he's head of the Wiz and Gamut. <laughs> See? It works on multiple oh levels. Atlantas. <laughs> um, and Slughorn, like, jumps because he's, like, forgotten that Dumbledore was even in the house. Um, he was just Dumbledore so... Dumbledore the host. <laughs> <laughs> he was so into the conversation that him and Harry were having. And I think also really in his head thinking about safety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so Slughorn says he was in there a long time and Dumbledore said he was reading the Muggle magazines. I do love knitting patterns. I, I love him. I so like much. the scene in the movie too. This when is he's where like, Michael yeah. Gambon got it right. Yes. Yeah. For sure. For sure. It felt good. Uh, so Dumbledore then says that they're leaving. He knows a lost cause when he sees one. And Slughorn suddenly seems agitated again because he's thinking of safety. Um, twiddling his thumbs and fidgeting while Dumbledore and Harry got ready to leave. I just like, it's so, it's amazing that Dumbledore had, it's not amazing because it's like expected because Dumbledore is, you know, like all knowing man. Uh, But it's like amazing to think that he just knew Harry would say the right thing. And like, Mm -hmm. yes, I think that his initial intent was that Harry could lure him for his collection but also, like, Harry's sassiness and Harry's knowledge of, like, what's going on and all of that kind of stuff, like, you don't – he didn't know exactly what Harry would say, but, like, Harry found the right thing to say to to grab him. And it's just amazing. Plus, Harry's, like, his quote, Dumbledore's man through and through. Right. Yes. And I think Dumbledore, like, Dumbledore knows his loyalty to him. For sure. So – so if he's like Slughorn he, was gonna say crap about him. Yeah, yeah. Harry's gonna be like, no, Dumbledore's cool, man. Um, so Dumbledore keeps laying it on thick. Well, I'm sorry you didn't want the job, Horace. Raising his uninjured hand in a farewell salute, Hogwarts would have been glad to see you back again. Our greatly increased security, <laughs> notwithstanding, you will always be welcome to visit should you wish to. And. I think that that right there is proof that he was eavesdropping on the conversation and oh, yeah. knows what stuck with Horace. It and was that's like why that last he laid little that on. bit. Yeah. yeah. He laid it's, that on. Like, don't forget all the increased security we have now. You know, it was the top bun for the burger. We now <laughs> exactly. have a complete burger of safety. Yep. It, it's almost like when you're like trying to. Like mind, like reverse psychology, like a little kid, right? No, for sure, a thousand percent. <laughs> like, yeah, it's reverse psychology. Yeah. I've done that um, with too. <laughs> I've done that with my little cousin. I'd be like, "You can't eat my food," and then she'd eat it, and she wasn't eating. Don't eat my peach or whatever. Here's my question because I don't remember. <laughs> Did Dumbledore ask at all during this this chapter for him to come to Hogwarts, or he was just saying no? Yeah, I don't think he asked at all, right? 
And so now he's leaving and he's like, yeah, he is. Okay, fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's asked him before and he's like, oh, I didn't come. Like, I came here to chat. You've made it perfectly clear that, like. Come here to chat at near midnight. I know. But he's like, here are the facts. Like, he doesn't, you know what I mean? He's like, if you want to say no, that's fine. If you want to have a drink, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't explicitly say, will you come back, right? Um, But that's what I like. Oh. He won't even ask now. So Libby goes, Libby from Discord says, he basically said, I know why you're here and I'm not doing it. So it was like unsaid, said. Yeah. So it happened in a previous conversation. He knows why, he knows, he's like, I know what you're doing. But Dumbledore has not once said, like, hey, Come Are you on sure? Right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what I like about this whole scene is like he never really says it. He's like, You've already told me no. So like we don't need no, I'm not it, it's like then he's like, You're leaving? It feels like in three when he was like Did what? Good night. And he like walks right, out. Right. <laughs> Chelsea in Discord said, This makes me think that Dumbledore is so manipulative. LOL. <laughs> and he is for does he the get stuff done? He, he needs to be. He, yeah, I mean, he yeah, needed he, to be. He needed to get a, someone to teach. Yeah. It was a perfect opportunity to have Snape be the the defense against the dark arts teacher. And like I truly think, and we've talked we talked about this on the episode of Lori Kim with like Snape and everything, with that whole situation of him being the defense against the dark arts teacher. I I think they played into the narrative that like Snape can't be trusted to teach that because he was a former Death Eater and they don't want him to go back to his way, like his Death Eater ways. So he's not allowed to teach that. But really, they both know that he needs to be in that position, being a teacher at Hogwarts, and there is a whole curse on it that Voldemort had placed. So, like, him being a potions teacher where he's exceptionally talented at that, um, just it's working out perfectly where he's bringing back a potions teacher. So then... He doesn't need Stape to be a professor the next year because they both know that Dumbledore's going to be dead and Snape's going to be headmaster. Yeah. dead and gone. Dead and um, gone. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they say goodbye and they only make it to the front door before Slughorn shouts, all right, all right, I'll do it. And Dumbledore like, Honestly, like, not really a reaction. It's just like, wonderful. See you on September 1st. And as they leave, he Slughorn... knew it. Yeah. yeah. Slughorn shouts after them that he wanted a pay raise, and it made Dumbledore chuckle. Oh, and, and better parking. Boom <laughs> <laughs> parking. I like in the... I don't think that he says this in the book, but I like in the movie how he says, and I want my old office. Like, he's just, like, mm-hmm. adding on the demands. Um, Dumbledore says, well done, Harry. And Harry's just, like, surprised. He's like, I didn't do anything. Um, and Dumbledore's like, oh, yes, you did. You showed Horace exactly how much he stands to gain by returning to Hogwarts. Did you like him? And Harry's just kind of like, uh. <laughs> he wasn't sure. Slughorn had been pleasant in his own way, but also seemed vain and much too surprised that a muggle-born should make a good witch. Stand that ground, Harry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, now it's yellow. <laughs> it, it is yellow. Um, so I appreciate this from Harry's point of view. Dumbledore doesn't make Harry suffer with giving him an answer. <laughs> he takes his ur and just goes with it. Mm-hmm. So he like kind of tries to explain because he's known Slughorn for a long time. He says Horace likes his comfort. He likes the company of the famous, the successful, and the powerful. 
And like I said, he enjoys the feeling that he influenced those types of people. He never wanted to be like big man on top. He just preferred the back seat. Um, Slughorn used to handpick his favorites at Hogwarts for either their ambitions, their brains, sometimes their charm, sometimes their talent. And he did have an uncanny knack for choosing students who did go on to do outstanding things in their fields. And he formed a kind of club with all his favorites and with himself at the center. And it was kind of like, um, what am I trying to think of? When you make contacts. What's that word? Networking. Yes. Thank you. It was kind of like a networking <laughs> when club. When you make contacts. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd be like making introductions and like forging useful contacts between members. And he always seemed to reap some kind of benefit in return. And Dumbledore gives examples like a free box of his favorite crystallized pineapple or the chance to recommend the next junior member of the Goblin Liaison Office. So he just likes having a hand in the successful because then he can say, I did that. You know, I was a part of that. It's Um, like he just wants to add to his resume. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You think he has it written down somewhere? Oh, for sure. All the people that he knows. I bet. You keep it in a little moleskin book in his pocket. (laughs) (laughs) So Harry, I like this. He pictures a swollen spider, which was interesting. He pictures like a spider spinning a web and like twitching thread here and there to bring its large and juicy flies a little closer. Gross. Um, So Dumbledore says he isn't telling. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that. Because I'm thinking, I'm like, it's funny that spiders are in this chapter more than once. Spinners in. Well, mm. no. I was thinking of the fact that doesn't Dumbledore say he, he'd tip his hat to him, but... The he's showered with spiders. Out? i tip my hat to you, but I'm afraid I would shower you with spiders. Yeah. So, like, think about smite... Smiters. <laughs> I'm a smiter! <laughs> think of, like, you were just saying, spiders, like, spinning their web, and that's what Dumbledore is doing. Like, mm. he's spinning a web... To make sure that all of the pieces, parts are where they need to be for when he no longer is a spider. Would you say, oh, the tangled webs we spin? Yeah. Also, the death of Aragog, a spider, is what launches Mm -hmm. the discovery of the real memory. Snape being a spy. Four score and seven shadows ago. Foreshadowing is what I'm trying to say. Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I love you. So Dumbledore. Aragog, king of of the the arachnids. Dumbledore tells him, he's like, I'm not trying to turn you against Slughorn. I'm trying to put you on your guard. He says he will undoubtedly try to collect you, Harry. You would be the jewel of his collection, the boy who lived, or as they call you these days, the chosen one. <laughs> so Harry feels, my lo- notes said, feels a chilly. He feels a chill at those words, <laughs> and <laughs> they reminded him of the prophecy, neither can live while the other survives. Um, but he's kind of like knocked out of his thoughts because Dumbledore stops walking and they're about to apparate again. And even though Harry's ready this time, he still doesn't like it very much. Um so a little bit from the book, just because I like these little sweet moments we get in Harry's head. He was standing in a country lane besides Dumbledore and looking ahead to the crooked silhouette of his second favorite building in the world, the burrow. In spite of the feeling of dread that had just swept through him, his spirits could not help but light, lift at the sight of it. 
Ron was in there, and so was Mrs. Weasley, who could cook better than anyone he knew. And as we find out a little bit later, Harry's been... It's been two weeks, and I think he let himself yep. spiral a little bit into some depression. He's grieving. Um, he just found out that he has to either kill or be killed. Um, and we know that he has not been eating, so it's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And something he says later in this chapter, like, he's back to Harry. And it's kind of nice to see, like, oh, I'm looking forward to having meals. Like, he's ready to take care of himself again. Um, so Dumbledore asks if he can have a few words with him in private before he leaves. And they go into a rundown little stone outhouse that the Weasleys keep their broomsticks in. Great spot. Um, it's a space a little smaller than the average cupboard. Cupboard, And I was wondering if this is like some sort of symbolism. Like we start the story with Harry in a cupboard and now here we are again <laughs> about to enter into like a whole another section of the story. And it's, it has spiders in it, too, just like we talked about with Harry and his little cupboard. I guess I never realized that mm-hmm. spiders were a running theme. Yeah. I, we should do some spider research. <laughs> Ugh. I'm not going to be a part of They got a lot of legs of and a lot of eyes, and they shoot uh, a thread out their butt. <laughs> they have a butt <laughs> Who's rope. that? I don't know. Who she is that? They have a new name. No, she has a name, <laughs> but I can't remember that? what it is. I could do. I That's could been do, a minute. I could do uh, the one that the. Um, and to your left, you'll see <laughs> yeah, a spider. <laughs> His name's Stumbledore. He's spinning some tangled webs that he weaves. <laughs> Harry, a harmless fly. Oh, we got an entomologist here. Is caught in the middle. <laughs> Spider pig, spider pig, why can't I reply to this? Annoying. Continue. Who's ready to cry? Oh boy. Me. I'm always down for a good cry. A little sad. Um, So Dumbledore smiles at Harry and he tells him, which this is so drastically different from this time last year, he tells him how pleased and a little proud he is with Harry for how he's coping after everything that happened at the ministry. And he says, permit me to say that I think Sirius would have been proud of you. Ooh, girl. Katie, I'm reading the Discord. Did you say that spiders have butt rope? I did. Okay. (laughs) It's from like a really, really old thread of tweets where it was like... (laughs) (laughs) Where it's like... Um, God telling angels how to create animals and stuff. And it's like, oh, make yes. it have eight legs. And they're like, dude, are you okay? And he's like, give it a butt rope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. That's always just been something that takes up rent in my mind. Oh, gosh. <sighs> give no, it a that's rope. the wrong expression. Is in my mind rent free. Not taking up rent in my mind. What does what? that mean? What do you say? <laughs> We're all so out of it. We're like, yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> it's, it's an afternoon uh, recording. It's just weird. I'm running on four hours of sleep, maybe. Megan's tired. Me too. Lady Supreme <laughs> is sick, so it's been a weird day. Mm-hmm. Katie's just Katie. Yep. <laughs> she has yep. no excuses. <laughs> I am. I also did not get much sleep. But we got four nice. hours of sleep. Yeah. yeah. What are you, are you watching good. the Olympics? Is that what you're doing? No, I was, I was reading. 
<laughs> oh my I lord! I wish I could say the same. I've been up since two thirty this morning. Mm. I was reading and then I had to get up, but early for work. <laughs> but rope, but early, but, early. but but rope early. I had to get up to go on an airplane, which was an experience. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I get nervous. <laughs> flights. All right, flight. all right. Where are we? Where are we? All right. So Dumbledore says, "I think Sirius would have been proud of you." Um, and it's described as Harry's voice leaving him. He doesn't think he can stand talking about Sirius. Um, it was already hard enough earlier in this chapter or the one before to hear Uncle Vernon say his godfather's dead. And then it was even worse to hear Slughorn casually throw out Sirius's name. Um, so Dumbledore continues and says, It was cruel that you and Sirius had such a short time together, a brutal ending to what should have been a long and happy relationship. <gasps> yeah. So Harry still can't talk. He just nods and he keeps his eyes fixed on a spider that's climbing on Dumbledore's hat. Another spider reference. I literally would not have been able to not do something about it. I wouldn't have gone in the shed. I'd have been like, we can have a private conversation outside. <laughs> yeah. We're far away from the borough. Put a little silencio around us. We cool. I don't yeah, need silencio. those spiders. Silencio. Bruno. Yeah. How many times is spider mentioned in this chapter? A lot. A lot. Spider. And then I will end my section with a little reading from the book. We get a nice little glimpse into Harry here that... I mean, Harry's Harry is like naturally truthful, I feel like. But he does hold a lot of things in. So when that comes out, it's nice to see. Uh, he could tell that Dumbledore understood that he might even suspect that until his letter arrived, Harry had spent nearly all his time at the Dursleys lying on his bed, refusing meals and staring at the misted window, full of the chill emptiness that he had come to associate with Dementors. It's just hard, Harry said finally in a low voice, to realize he won't write to me again. His eyes burned suddenly and he blinked. He felt stupid for admitting it, but the fact that he had had someone outside Hogwarts who cared what happened to him, almost like a parent, had been one of the best things about discovering his godfather, and now the post-owls would never bring him that comfort again. This is deep, dude. Like, it's, we know that Dementors do represent depression. The author has confirmed that. But like, we're seeing, like, he says that right there, like, I, I feel like I do when I'm around the Dementors. It's hard. I have, I'm never going to see Sirius again. We don't like get to see Harry grieve all the time, especially openly to somebody. So it's nice mm-hmm. that he has that ability now and someone mm-hmm. there to do it with instead of just being like shunned away like last year. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have time throughout this whole series to grieve anything. Right. Like, yeah. honestly, that's why I feel like whenever you're, looking ahead to cursed child like you can you can tell he still hasn't dealt with all of his grief no even even that far away from this all happening he's still processing it mm-hmm. because when it all happened it was just like boom next thing boom next thing next thing next thing like he didn't even have a moment to breathe yep he didn't have time to focus on any of it cuz it was like i got to survive yeah. Yeah. I appreciate him at least being able to verbalize like it's hard. Like mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Cause even just saying that and sometimes just acknowledging 
when something has happened, that's hard to say out loud. Um, For sure. For sure. That's a whole kind of bravery, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I'm going to try not to cry because it's been a day. You got the brunt, man. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes, Dumbledore goes on to say, it says, Sirius represented much to you that you have never known before. Naturally, the loss is devastating, which is true. Um, It's just sad. So -hmm. Harry tells Dumbledore that he realized that he can't shut himself away from the world after what happened because Sirius wouldn't have wanted that, which is true. And this is another quote. Life's too short. Let it, look at Madame Bones. Look at Emily Vance. It could be me next, couldn't it? But if it is, I'll make sure I take as many Death Eaters with me as I can and Voldemort too if I can manage it. Um, which I, I, I appreciate. I think I would, if I was in Harry's shoes, I'd be saying the same thing. But think of all of the things that he has just gone through and he's still thinking, I'm like, but I'd take some of those with me. I'd make sure to like leave it a little bit of a better place mm-hmm. before I go. Yeah. Um, and so Dumbledore says to Harry, like, basically like that's your, you, you sound like your parent's son and even like Sirius is godson. Like you sound like that. And then I said, also he allegedly has spiders in his hat, which we know. <laughs> Spider um, <head>. Dumbledore <laughs> changes the subject. Cause I was going to talk about the daily prophet. And then he kind of was like, Oh, Harry, have you been keeping up with the news? And I said, remember this time last year, Harry wasn't getting any information from the wizarding world. And I said, what a difference a year makes. So, mm-hmm. like, not only was he not reading, getting the prophet, he was not getting any news from anyone, not being able to talk about what happened. Um, and so Harry kind of figures that everyone knows about, like, the whole prophecy and everything because they've been writing about it. But Dumbledore says that there's only two people who know about it, and they're like, and they're standing right here kind of thing, you know? Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, it's true. And really, it's just that people are putting two and two together. It's that Voldemort sent the Death Eaters to the Hall of Prophecies. So people are like, okay, well, if they're sending him... If he was sending his people to the Hall of Prophecies, then there's probably a prophecy that had his, that has his name on it, and there literally was. Mm-hmm. And then they're thinking, well, because Harry is the boy who lived, it would make sense for if Voldemort has a prophecy, then Harry's involved with it too, and now they're calling him the Chosen One. Because, they, you know, it's just like one of those tropey things. It's like, there's a prophecy. He's the chosen one because he's also the boy who lived. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's not, it's just that they happen to have gotten it right. Um, and Dumbledore kind of, like, assumes that Harry hasn't told anyone about what he learned, like, the prophecy. And Harry's like, yep, no one knows. And he's like, while that's mostly wise, he does tell him that he should tell Ron and Hermione. And he goes, he says, you do them a disservice by not confiding something this important to them. And Harry starts to respond, but Dumbledore continues saying, um, he's like, really, you should tell them. He's like, you need your friends, Harry. As you so rightly said, Sirius would not have wanted you to shut yourself away. I wonder if this was a lesson that Dumbledore learned from yes. last year. I said totally mm. different response oh, did. to events this year than last year. And I think Dumbledore realized he was wrong because it is when something happens like this and you are grieving and Harry was grieving like last year where he lost a friend. And yes, serious means more to him than Cedric does, but that still both of those were losses and you, everyone grieves in a different way, but you should 
you shouldn't shut off your emotions. You shouldn't shut off from talking to people. That's not how you should live. And Dumbledore's realizing what he, how he cut Harry off last year did more harm than it was good. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this year he's like, don't shut yourself out. Talk to your friends, tell them about the prophecy. Let them help you. You're better together than you are apart. Yeah. I completely agree. And I also think Dumbledore is also um, thinking about himself in Harry's shoes. Like he's experienced loss and he shut himself off from everyone. Like who is Dumbledore 100% honest and close with? Nobody. Right. He puts eggs in little baskets and has truths with certain people, but there's nobody in his life where he is like 100% without a doubt truthful with. And I think he doesn't want to see Harry go down that same path that he did. He's kind of made his bed and, and is lying in it. Right. There's, there's not really an opportunity, especially at this point for him to change his ways, especially with what he's got to do. And that he has a clicking, clicking, ticking, Ticking clock, not a clicking clock <laughs> um, on what's going on. And and it makes me think of Deathly Hollows when does Harry. It? Everything does. When Harry. When Harry finishes um, seeing Snape's memories and he's going down the steps and he, he's trying to go straight into the forest without talking to anybody. And he sees Neville um, helping carry um, Colin Creevy. And. He like Oliver Wood go ahead, goes ahead and takes Colin to put him with the rest of the dead by himself. And Neville's standing there, and he like looks like such an older man. And Harry decides to take off the cloak and makes sure that he tells Neville. So now that there's still three involved in it, so Harry did learn not to keep this like keep everything like so clutched to him. Like only he can know. Like he talks to Ron and Hermione about it. And then he goes ahead and opens up to Neville about it, which I think is great because, you know, he may have not done that had Dumbledore not talked to him about having people to talk about this with. I also think that um, Dumbledore knows that his time on earth is limited. Like he knows I don't think he knows exactly when everything's going to go down, but he knows in the next, well, now less than a year that he's going to be dead. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just read that book being mortal by, um, Atul Gawande, I believe is his last name. And he talked about, there's this shift in people's like thinking of when they get closer to like realizing like their mortality and like literally like end of life and people that go through, like near death, what is it? What is it called? Not near death. Near death is it near death experience? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Where their thoughts of like how they want their time to be spent changes into thinking, I want to spend more quality time with people I care about and people I I like my family, my friends, and do things that I love with them mm-hmm. more so than thinking of. I need to go and get that degree and I need to go do these things to make my later years better and do those things. You're thinking more quality time and things that are like focusing in the now of like, I just want to like spend some time with my friends, go out to dinner with them, go out to dinner with my family, spend time making memories and taking the time to enjoy them um, rather than like the other things in life. And that's what makes me think of like Dumbledore's also realizing like, his time is limited and he wants Harry to know that like you have friends and people that care about you and trust them. Like, tr- like Ron and Hermione and Harry, and we have said this time and time again, 
are stronger together. They're better together. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that they all have to learn on their own, yet also together. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, And Dumbledore just is like, trust your friends. You you need them. Um, And don't you... It's not good to shut yourself away. So... Absolutely. Life lessons. Awesome soapbox. Um, so Dumbledore again changes the subject. That's the third time I think he's changed it. And he tells Harry that he wants to give him some private lessons, teaching him a little of this, a little of that. And they both agree that the Jedi mind trick lessons with Snape were a disaster. disaster. Failure. Like it just was. Just like sand. Terrible. Horrible. So Harry's thinking that he's not going to see a lot of Snape this year because his OWL results uh, probably weren't enough to get him in Snape's potions class. And mm-hmm. he's like, I don't care. Less of Snape. Yay me. Little does he know you. <laughs> <laughs> how the tables turn, you know? Isn't how the turntables. Like- <laughs> yeah, how the turntables. <laughs> um, and Dumbledore knows that... Uh, who's actually going to be teaching potions. So he's like, eh, you know, Harry, don't, you shouldn't count your owls before they get there kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, does tell them, like, you'll be getting your uh, results, like, later that day. Um, and going back to OWL, they're ordinary wizarding levels. It's just a standardized subject-specific test taken during Hogwarts' fifth year. Hogwarts students' fifth year, um... And it's administered by Wizarding Examinations Authority. And so, yeah, it's just, you know, depending on how many hours, like, I guess the teachers, like, decide, depending on your results, if you're allowed to take, like, that class in your sixth and seventh year. Um, and whatever he got, it wouldn't have been enough for Snape, but it's enough for Slughorn kind of thing, which we'll find out. And then he tells Harry, he's like, I got two more things to tell you before we leave. He's like, keep your invisibility cloak on you at all times, um, just in cases, you know? And we also get an update on, like, the Weasley House security measurements. And I'm going to read it from the chapter because I didn't feel like typing it all out. <laughs> this, and lastly, while you stay here, the borough has been given the highest security of the Minister of Magic can provide. These measures have... Nope. <laughs> these measures have caused a certain amount of inconvenience to Arthur and Molly. All of their posts, for instance, is being searched at the ministry before being sent on. They do not mind it in the slightest, for their only concern is your safety. However, it would be poor repayment if you risked your neck while staying with them. And Harry's like, I understand. He said quickly, very well then, said Dumbledore, pushing open the broom shed door and stepping out into the yard. I see a light in the kitchen. Let us not derive Molly any longer of the chance to deplore how thin you are. Um... That's such a good mom thing to do. Like my grandma, my grandma used to stay up. This is so funny. My grandma used to stay up until people got home, but half the time she'd like fall asleep, but she could hear the door open. Mind you, (laughs) at her house, she like her bedroom was on the second floor, but like you'd walk in the door and there's the steps. And so you'd open the door and she's like, who's there? (laughs) Like if someone's coming in to do something nefarious, I don't think they would answer grandma. (laughs) But it just makes me laugh. But that's like such like my grandma would always like stay up and wait for people like with her light on slash she'd be asleep, but she'd hear the door open. So that's that. Here he's going back to people that actually care about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Are we ready for some lightning bolt questions? Yeah. Sure. Yes, please. Okay. What's your favorite spider? None. Hate them all. <laughs> Charlotte. Is that the spider's uh, name Charlotte. or is that the pig's name? The pig's name is no. Wilbur. Yeah, Thank Wilbur. You. I don't know if any of us will have a story for this, but if we do, it could be fun. Sam Gartley asks, what is the weirdest teacher out of school interaction that you've had? Hmm. I had I a teacher had who was one. not kind. She's a music teacher. And I saw her on public and she pretended like she liked me. I'm like, don't, because I know you don't. It's <laughs> not weird, but I was like, whatever. I haven't really had one. Meg, does your falling out of a chair count? <gasps> I don't or is know. that still school? It was. I kind of went on vacation with a teacher. She never taught me, though. She taught you. I don't remember her name. She's my aunt's really good friend. Do you remember that? You didn't like her. She taught religion, I think. I don't remember. From Meg's, obviously. Um, this wasn't out of school, but yeah, I have like an embarrassing teacher story that I can share if you guys want to laugh at me. Um, I had to go to a meeting with a college professor and this, I just like didn't have a good relationship with this teacher. She, I felt like she wasn't a kind person. She would talk down to students a lot and like would make you feel very small. And I hated that. Um, but I had to go to a one-on-one meeting with her, which was like literally my worst nightmare. So I go up to her office and I go in and I, I had just like, I was so tired that day. I think that I had, I, it was college, you know, I pulled an all nighter something. I don't know. And she had these stupid chairs in her <laughs> office that were like discs. They were like circular. <laughs> and, because it was graphic design, so she was all, like, moderny architecture and all of that kind of stuff. And um, so I, like, go in and I put my computer on the desk and I put my bag down on the floor and I go to sit in the chair. <laughs> and I sat, like, too close to the edge and it just, like, <laughs> flipped inward on me and I <laughs> fell <laughs> straight down to the ground and it was like the loudest thud because not only did like I hit the ground but the chair made this like (laughs) clamoring noise and Katie was (laughs) Katie was like outside the office because she had a meeting after me I was down the hallway yeah she was down the hallway and she's like all I heard was this like huge thud and like (laughs) these teachers like peeked out of the doorways (laughs) to like see what happened and I'm like but it was just my butt hitting the ground. No oh big deal. God. And I just remember her being like, oh, Megan, are you okay? And I was just silent. And I just like stared because I didn't even know how to react. And then I was just like, I'm fine. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. All right. <laughs> um, Kendra asks, if Dumbledore was crocheting, what would he make? Sucks. Tea cozies. Oh, tea cozies. I like that. I was going to say socks, but I like tea cozies. Yeah, that's my answer. (laughs) (laughs) He would try to make a sweater as good as Mrs. Weasley. I know that's knitting, but... You can crochet a sweater, I believe. Can you? Yeah, my aunt used to crochet a bunch Mm -hmm. of stuff. She'd make everybody... um, 
She made everyone like purses for their wedding days. Yep. I one. And then she made collars for Irish dance dresses. She made Alana a blanket. She's a talented lady. Mm-hmm. Um, next question is from Alexis. What muggle celebrities do you think that Slughorn would have wanted to collect if they had attended Hogwarts? Taylor's oh, me. <laughs> I think he would have collected any and all. Doesn't yeah. even matter. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Brad Pitt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say Stephen Curry. No. Just kidding. (laughs) The greatest shooter of all time. Basketball shooter. I'm going to say Walt Disney. He's younger than Walt Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know what? Maybe he's not. Maybe they're similar age. Well, that still wouldn't work then. Yeah, whatever. Anybody else? No. Okay. Mm. Um, <laughs> Sam Gartley, if you had to go on the run, what would be the one thing you had to bring with you? Toilet paper. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's your what answer. leaves are for. If that's I'm being honest, answer. I'd have to take my thyroid medication. <laughs> I would die without it. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Some people say that, but uh, I need it to live. So I'm not wiping with no leaves. Could be poison ivy. Well, don't. Maybe you need to bring a book about what leaves are poisonous or not, so you know what to wipe your butt with. <laughs> I would bring my laptop. How all that battery life. <laughs> Just because I'm on the run doesn't mean I don't have electricity. I could go to a Panera. Get I can go to a Panera. <laughs> I, think, I mean, yeah, a thyroid medication is very practical, but I probably would bring my Kindle. So when, how read. are you going to charge it? Well, if you're charging your laptop, I can charge my Kindle. And my Kindle has a better battery life than your computer. Guarantee it. I'm going to hold fast with toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> but on, like, maybe not practical. Because, like, obviously my thyroid medication is a very practical thing I would need with me on the run. So but I also I'd also end up running out of it. other than toilet paper? So it's un- one unpractical or, like, whatever. Fun thing you Literally bring. almost said a Game Boy. And that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a thing. If you can find it on eBay. It's in my house. I have the OG Game Boy. Uh, I don't I know. I have that pink one that opens like that. DS. So a yeah. DS. Is that um, not a Game Boy? Is that the, not the same people? It is the I same mean, people. Uh, truly, I don't know. I was talking about that reel that I sent you guys however long ago. Speaking of Nintendo, I'm thinking of Mario and how it was Mario laying in a bed. And it was the oh, music like, and he's like, ah, and then it said the F word and Megan didn't get it. Then I was like, yeah, because like purchase, he's like, Princess Peach isn't there. And she's like, oh my God, I get it now. And I was like, you laughed and shared it to your story without realizing what it was about. <laughs> and I get still one of the more clever uh, reels. It's very funny. <laughs> I know Mario. I know Mario. All right. I know Mario. Luigi. I know Princess Peach. We were having a very in-depth conversation about Bowser. Like, do you think he takes his shell off to sleep? Or is that his house? And then Tiffany, or not Tiffany, Jen was like, well, he has a castle. I was like, okay. Well, do turtles so take like, off their shell to sleep? 
No, that's their house. They like they turtle right. into themselves. I right. think he turtles in. So does he turtle into himself? So why would he need a castle? Just for greed purposes? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. <sighs> okay. Is there any more questions? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rochelle, Ray Shelley asks, thoughts on Dumbledore using Harry to lure Slughorn back to Hogwarts. Is it unjust or fair because it's for the greater good? I have no problem with it. Because I, no yeah, I guarantee I you if, if he told Harry about it, Harry's like, Harry would have been like, yeah, you. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I don't even think he's really using Harry. He's like, we're just going... I think it showed Slughorn what we're actually fighting for. Yeah, and you I know? think it's more so like they just happen to make a pit stop in between the Dursley's house and going to the borough, being like, this is just perfect timing. He'll see Harry, but like he doesn't ask Harry to do anything. He's literally asking Harry to be himself, which he is. Mm-hmm. Um, epic username. What do you think Dumbledore would have done if Slughorn had actually said no? Do you think he had a backup plan? I think he I think he played to his strengths and knew exactly what he was doing and I don't think that Slughorn would have said no. I, with a, yeah. with the chance of getting Harry who one is the chosen one slash like the boy who lived but also one of his favorite students it seems like is Lily Evans and that's her son. So he's mm-hmm. probably just thinking like and let's be honest like yes she was very talented and very good witch but like his father as much as like yes he technically was a slacker also was very intelligent and like a talented wizard so that's what he likes he's like people that talent they got families blah 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 everyone's talented i just wonder you lived you didn't get die from that curse i wonder if he would have ever tried to go back so so i thought of this and then i thought of a reason why it wouldn't have been so i thought maybe he would try and convince lupin to come back um but then lupin was doing work like spying with the werewolves, so he probably wouldn't have wanted to ask him because that's He's pretty trying to get his lady important. So I don't know. I don't know. That that would be my guess, but I don't <laughs> think it would have happened. Yeah, we heard you. you I'm laughing at Katie's just shaking her head at me. Oh. <laughs> Next question. Sure. Um one more. From Marguerite, do you think that Harry really scored enough in potions to move into Slughorn's class, or was it just a ploy to have him in the class to get close to Slughorn? I think he had enough. Harry's not dumb. I think that because Hermione is so smart and very school-driven that people think that or forget that as much as, like, Ron and Harry aren't super motivated with school things, they're not dumb. Okay, I yeah. agree. I think Snape's totally. was like super high. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you guys. I mean, I think I think the right thing to do would have been to allow more people in than have it be and like exclusive, more exclusive anyway. There there's a large part, a part of potions, and like if you relate this to chemistry, like yes. You should understand what you're doing, but a lot of it is just like mixing it correctly. Like cooking. Yeah. You got to mix everything correctly. Follow the recipe. With Snape, he's good at deviating from the recipe, like of the guidelines and making something even better. Um, so Harry's not dumb. He's not. He's, he's a not. Potion chef. 
not talented, you know? That's all we got. Yep. Oh, so House Cup goes to Gryffindor. What? You're joking. 590 points. Wow. Roar, baby. Meow. Snakes were in second. Were we? Badger's third. Go, go, Gryffindor. Go. Round Ravenclaw third. fourths. Guess it's fourth or nothing. Fourth or nothing. And we said something not podcast appropriate. Oh. Give me that fan story. All right. This fan story comes from Bethany Bedesso from September 2019. Hello, Tiffany, Megan, Katie, and Sarah. My name is Beth, and I would love to share my Harry Potter story with you. I read Harry Potter for the first time in September of 1998 when the first book was released in the U.S. Also, for every number that she puts in here, she does put a ding, so I'm going to do it for just for her. (laughs) I was 15, almost 16, when it came out. My mom brought it home from my younger brother after hearing about the book from a friend. She asked me to read it to make sure it was okay for him to read since he was 11 at the time. I began reading it on a Friday afternoon when I got home from school and I had finished reading it by the next morning. When I came down for breakfast, I told my mom I had finished the book and that it was amazing. I also told her that she needed to buy another book for my brother because that book was now mine. (laughs) (laughs) From that moment on, I was hooked and Harry Potter became a huge part of my life. Every time a new book came out, my mom would take my brother and I to the midnight releases and he and I would read them together, discussing all of our thoughts along the way. Even when I left for college in 2001, my brother and I stayed connected through Harry Potter. When the movie started to come out, I made it a point to come home and take my brother to see each one. When my younger sister was old enough, she is 12 years younger than me, we got her wrapped up in the Wizarding World. When the last book came out in July of 2007... This is my jam. My brother (laughs) was in college. My younger sister was in middle school, and I had just started my first teaching job. We made a plan to go to the midnight release party for the last book together, and to this day, it it is one of the best memories the three of us share. To this day, no matter where we are and what we are doing, Harry Potter brings us together. When my son was born in 2013, I began reading to him that same copy of Sorcerer's Stone that my mom brought home in 1998. That's so sweet. I am also an 8th grade science teacher. My entire classroom is Harry Potter themed. I shared the video of my classroom in the Swish and Flick Facebook group. Funny note, I enjoy the bell you have for numbers and colors. And I got one for my classroom. That's oh, awesome. I love, it. I love, I love it. that. We ding it anytime we use a vocabulary, vocabulary word correctly or someone shares their thinking. It gets my students really excited and they love to race to hit the bell. I'm it. also currently planning to start my school's first Harry Potter club. And I've loved Aww. rereading along with you guys to get my creativity flowing again. That's so awesome. That's super cool. Here's my Harry Potter profile. House Ravenclaw. Wands Sycamore. <laughs> <laughs> scared me. Wands <laughs> <laughs> Sycamore Wood. Phoenix Feather Core. 12 and a quarter inches. Quite bendy. Patronus a badger. I'm jealous. That's pretty cool. Ilvermorny House Horn Serpent. Thanks so much for everything you do and for all of the laughs. Well, that Thank made you. my day. Thanks for Thank the story. You. I love hearing about Harry Potter class. I hope you can send us an update on how um, if you get got to a wow. 
She's a Harry Potter club. Club. <laughs> Potter club. Yes, that's what I want to know about. Yeah, Harry Potter club. Megan, Megan just sneaks in and just says it all. She's like, that's my club. <laughs> well, Sarah just like threw glasses off. Sarah needs some quality sleep. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. You sleepy sasa. But badly, I'm sorry, I'm yawning. Whew. That was mm. awesome, and it seriously Boring. made my day, and I just love it because I ring this bell all day, every day, so I'm super <gasps> glad that your kids enjoy it. Yes. Thanks for your story. Katie made me yawn. Sorry. From Florida. <sighs> it traveled. <laughs> Who wants a joke? Me. I do. Why did Crab want to go to the old ball? I don't know, Katie. Why? He knew a Goyle that was going. Oh. <laughs> I shipped that. <laughs> I have some spider jokes. Oh, boy. <laughs> I always, like, forget you're going to do this. And every time, it surprises me. Why did the man return his new pair of spider silk trousers? They looked great, but the fly kept getting stuck. <laughs> <laughs> What do you call an undercover tarantula? A spy. A spider. (laughs) Hey, that's straight from Goblet of Fire. What part of a computer does a spider use? The webcam. Oh my gosh. (laughs) What do you call two spiders who just got married? Married. Married. (laughs) (laughs) Mary. They're called newlywebs. Oh, stop this. What does the baby spider want to be when it grows up? A web designer. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. How do you spot a modern spider? What was that? How do you spot a a modern spider? He doesn't have a web. He has a website. Oh my god! All right, all right. I got a knock, knock. Knock, 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 knock. Who's that? A spider. Get it? Because I got eight legs. I don't know. Oh my god! You know what's so funny? I was like, I don't get it, and then I said it. I was like, ah, because it's got eight. I don't get it. I don't get it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Have you seen the film about an onion that turns into a spider? No. It's called Shallot's Web. (laughs) (laughs) Megan, read this social. Make sure that you follow your hosts on social media. Myself and Katie are on Twitter and Instagram at the Petrus Family. Tiffany is on Twitter and Instagram at TiffSwish underscore Flick. And Sarah is on Instagram at O'Malley with three H's. That's for you, Bethany. (laughs) Oh, what am I doing? I am halfway. I'm a little more than halfway through a court of silver flames. So I'm really excited. Because it's really, 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 really good. And everybody should go read it. What did, what did you read? I'm halfway, a little more than halfway through A Court of, of Silver Flames. Uh, I'm still listening to A Discovery of Witches on Audible. I'm and it's still big red. <laughs> Tell them what I bought you. Okay. 
<laughs> Nothing's more important than it when it relates to me. Okay. Tiffany. Anyway, Discovery of Witches is still really good. Um, I don't know how many hours I have left in it. Probably like eleven. Um, that's a good number. I started a new workout program today. I'm really excited. It was really good. It's called um, six. 45 so it's like mm-hmm. six days a week 45 minutes a day um it's with a trainer amola caesar is it amola or amolia i don't know is it the same person who does the prep and the work yes he rules he's amazing um but i really liked it today so today was like uh leg day but he starts out like working your other muscles so like we did legs but we also did planks and um, like stuff for your back because he wants you to have like the best form you possibly can. And I really appreciated that because a lot of programs, pretty much every other beach body program, would just like throw you in. And they talk about your form, but they don't like build your form up like he did it was just really different and i really appreciated it so if you're looking to like like start like lifting um i highly suggest that program because it could be they have a modifier in it so you can see like how to do the moves and like not that any of them were extreme but just like a more um beginning workout way um i have a fitness coach her name is Short Girl Fitness on Instagram. Her name is Sammy. So if you ever want to do what I do, you can go and check her out. But I loved it. I loved it. I love his attitude. He jokes. He's funny. And I think it's going to be really, really good for me. And then Sarah got back from her little trip as of this morning and brought me back a Civil War like ghost book of Savannah. What was it? Savannah and something. I think it said Savannah and Civil War, like ghost or Yeah. That's and cool. so I'm really excited about that because everybody knows I'm very interested in the Civil War. Love me some ghost stories. So that's going in my fall reads. I decided that I'm going to um, have like September through November be like my fall reads. So I have like, I have a few books on witches. I have a book on the Mayflower. So I'm going to be reading those this fall. It's just going to be spooky fall for me. And I can put those on Instagram if you want to um, check out the books that I'm reading. And then she also brought me back a pressed penny from the ice cream shop where she dropped her ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) I, I collect smashed pennies. And it's like one of my favorite things to do in the places that I go. And Sarah... I feel like everywhere you travel, since you found out that I collect them, you always will try and bring me back one. Yeah. I might actually have one in my room somewhere for you. (laughs) From where? I don't remember. Okay. Can't wait to find that 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) I saw it like a few months ago. I don't know if I gave it to you or not, if I'm being honest. Hmm. But that's kind of what I've been doing. Enjoying my last little bit of summer. I spent like the last few days swimming which has been nice i have a killer tan this year i look real good (laughs) i'm done um i am a fifth maybe through a court of silver flames 
Like I'm on chapter 20, but I feel like some of the chapters are really short. So I'm like Super not short. as far as chapter 20 makes it sound that I am. I want to say that there's like 80 chapters. In I that go book. by the percentage that my Kindle tells me, which is how I know that I'm like over halfway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like reading the actual book this time. So um, I'll tell you in two shakes of a lampstand how many chapters there are. 80. So I'm I will say. So I guess I'm a fourth of the way through. But, well, chapter-wise, other chapters are longer than some, though. But yeah, anyway. Some are, like, a um, page and a half. <clears throat> yeah, like, I am definitely getting into it a lot more. I If yes. I had just, like, if it's I had a rough just start. pushed, like, two chapters in, because I was saying, I was like, oh, I don't know, I need, like, a palate cleanser. And I'd started to read Simone Biles' book, um, which I am still doing. I'm just kind of going... Um, now that I started Silver Flames again, like that's just kind of sitting on my bedside table. But I will read that. I wanted to read that because of the Olympics. I'm super into watching the women's gymnastics Olympic event. I heard on the radio that they're not judging Simone Biles correctly. <sighs> <Don't>, radio? Like, <laughs> Who needs a radio? Genuinely. Ready, Harry? You don't want to get me started. <laughs> because it was I it was infuriating was to listen so bad. to it and I'm grateful that I got out of the car when I did cuz I was like annoyed. It was so annoying and frustrating yeah. to watch the qualifying competition and see the way that they were scoring her especially but even some of the other um like all of their floor routines were judged horribly and and like this comes from someone who genuinely follows the sport and like knows what they normally get and like has something in my like I have something in my mind to compare it to like how they've done in the past and what they've gotten scored and like how they performed at qualifying and what they got scored at qualifying and it was all wrong and it made me so angry I was like seething yeah um, it sounded backwards that she's being judged because she's too good I'm like that yeah. makes absolutely what the heck no sense yeah, it was very it's very frustrating because they she is so far ahead of anybody in gymnastics that they are trying to hold her back to have it still be a competition and I'm like, "But why would you do that? Like why would, why would you, you, do you that? why would you not encourage her to be as good as she is and get the proper scores for it?" It's like she's doing these insanely hard skills and they're My question they're is not granted, giving her the proper difficulty. Swimming and gymnastics are two different things, but they never thank said you. all these things about Michael yep, Phelps. Thank you. I was yep. just going to say that. I know. So, like, what's the difference? Is it because she's a woman or is it because she's a woman of color? Mm-hmm. Or is it just because it's gymnastics? You know what I mean? Like, garbage. Yeah. 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 I was also thinking so. about the sand volleyball uniforms for yes, women and men. Yes, infuriating. Also, did you see that the German women's gymnastics team wore, like, full-bodied leotards to their qualifying? And I thought that was awesome as well. I think you because, should be able to wear whatever you want to wear. Yeah. Yes. I agree. Like if you want to wear a bikini, go for it. You want to wear a full suit, go for it. You want to wear baggy shorts and t-shirt, go for it. But there's like rules and regulations on like these things and I don't care for it. Yeah. My mom pointed that out to me. She goes, so why? Because at first we were talking about it and I was like, I wonder if they wear bikinis like that. Because, I don't know, it just, it's like less fabric to hold you down, whatever. I don't know. I was just thinking. 
And my mom and I was like, and I said that, and she was like, hmm. She goes, maybe. And then the men came on, and they're like in these baggy shorts. And she looked at me, and she goes, I don't think so. And I said, I don't think so either. While yeah. I'm talking about the swim caps, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anywho. <sighs> So, yeah, I've been really into watching gymnastics and um, I'm so scared because the women's team final is at 6 a.m. tomorrow and I work at 6 a.m. And I think that at work, I'm just going to I'm going to completely turn my phone off because all notifications. But like I will miss something. I just know like it's either shut my phone off or nothing. I'm just going to shut it off. I don't want to know what happens. I want to be surprised. I'm so nervous because this is the first time in like many Olympics that they have not qualified in first place. Um, They qualified in second again because I think that the judging was garbage. But that's, you know. So, yeah, I'll open something on accident like just because of like m- muscle memory. I'll just like go to check Twitter and then I'll see something and I'm just like I just – I can't. So I'm turning it it. off. I'm going to come home from work. I'm going to watch it. And I hope for the best. So I'm, I like, I already have nerves about it. And I don't know why I'm not even the one doing all these crazy flips and twists. I just want them to do well because they are heavily favored. They deserve it. They are awesome. And I just, I want Simone to hit like she can because she was just like off in the qualifying on top of being judged badly. She was just having an off day and like obviously she's human. It's okay. Um, So I hope that she like gets the jitters out and I think that not having a crowd is messing with them and it's just all different. It's just so different and I just hope that they do well and I'm very into it and I'm done. (laughs) How do I follow that up? I don't know. Let's see. I am halfway through Miss and Fury. It's very good. Enjoying it very much. I like this book better than the last one. And I like the last book. But this one is like, I feel like miles ahead. As I was told. It's true. Um, Also this week, which will be different from when everyone's hearing it. Because we're we're ahead. Um, I'm training for a 10k. And I'm super scared but excited. So... Tomorrow's my first training run. I signed up for the 5K in January. Yes. Oh, I forgot to do that. Um, oh, wait. Are they online ones? Yeah, those are live. Are they okay. capped, though? Like, is there only um, so many that can There's a lot virtual? more spots okay. than the other one. So. Um, but I'm excited. And I am fundraising for it. So I'm fundraising through the American Cancer Society. Yep. So I'll be posting about that. We'll come up with some fun things to do, maybe some live streams or yeah, I don't know. Something. But yeah. Supporting a good cause. Mm-hmm. Sarah, you may speak. <laughs> <laughs> um well, I just got back from Savannah today. And I'm very tired. Um and I brought a lot of books with me, but I only read one. So I read it very much an adult book. Um and it was alright. It's called Guild. Um, and now I'm reading the second one. Um, I don't know what other books I was reading. I'm like in the middle of like five books right now. So there's that. If you ever go to Savannah, um, we went to Collins Quarter yesterday. 
I literally had the best drink of my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called. I will see if I can look it up. Um, and delicious food. We went to the beach. We had a good time. It's quite wonderful. Um, my friend was making fun of me for reading. She literally was trying to take a picture of me on the beach. I was like reading everywhere. Um, let me see if I can get a menu of the drinks. Cause it was so, this was probably the best drink I've ever had in my entire life. Um, and it was called something. <laughs> You're amazing. Garden peach. So it's l- local vodka. It says garden basil reduction. And then it says Gifford creme de pêche. It was so good. It was so good. Um, we didn't make it to be Matthews. Uh, we talked about it. We might go because we're planning on going back just because we didn't see everything and we want to go back. And um, we had a lovely time. I definitely want to go. It's like looks like such a charming place. Yeah. yeah. Um, River Street was really cool. I think to go back down there. I didn't really shop a ton. Um, I told my friend, uh, Jen and I went, um, I said, I want good seafood. Um, I want good ice cream and good coffee. And all of those boxes were checked off for me. Um, we went to Savannah roasters. Delicious. That was good coffee. We got coffee on Tybee Island. That was really good. Um, trying to think what else we did. We went to Leopold's, mind you. I don't stand in line. I hate standing in lines. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I said to Jen, we went Truer to Collins Corner. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. we went. We went to Collins Corner. We had dinner there. It was fantastic. Like some of the best food I've eaten, hands down, that trip. But also like in life. Um, and that drink was phenomenal. Uh, and then we, we, we were planning to go to Leopold's, which everyone's like, it's like this big thing. You had to try their ice cream, whatever else. And Jen had warned me that the line was going to be out the door. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I was like, we all know that I love ice cream, but, um, I'm not a, I don't stand in line. So I said to her, I'm like, you know, I love you if I'm standing in this line, even if it's for ice cream. She's like, I know. And I ended up getting a scoop of their cookies ice cream and their butter pecan. Because like, you have to, I like butter pecan and it's Georgia pecan. So, like, you have to, you just had it. They're delicious. We waited in line for an hour. I get my ice cream. Jen is like paying for both of us just because it would be quicker. And I see the smashed penny thing. So, I go over there to get a smashed penny for Tiffany. And I promptly dropped my ice cream on the floor. (laughs) So it was in a cup and it lands, obviously, ice cream side down. So then I'm like laughing. And the girl that was like, check, get the checkout counter. She's like, oh my God. She's like, don't worry, we'll get you new ice cream. I'm like, are you sure? She's like, absolutely. I was like, thank you. And then we went back there and the one other person behind the counter, they're like, I'm so sorry. Like, we'll get you new ice cream. I'm like, you don't need to apologize. It was my fault for dropping it. Um, but the, it was very good. So it if you ever go, sweet. just know that there's going to be a line out the door. But if you like ice cream, I will say this. I said to to Jen, so I got the cookies ice cream, which was like cookie dough with like other stuff in it, like other more. Co- I don't know. It was probably the best cookie dough ice cream I've ever had. Um, whilst the orange blossom from Honey Hut is still the best ice cream I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, this ice cream was also delicious. 
Um, so I will, I would maybe stand in line again. I don't know. Um, what else did we do? Oh, we went to the bookstore. So let me tell you about this bookstore. So originally we were going to go to another one, but I was like, let's stop at this one. And uh, as we were going, walking to it, I was reading about it. So it's East Shavers Booksellers in Savannah, Georgia. And they, um, it's a cute little bookstore and it's owned, it's a women owned business. Sure. It's the shore. And so some history, I like looked it up on the internet. It says the building that houses East Shaver bookstores was built in 1842 by Eliza Jewett, a female builder for her personal residence. It was, it also was the home of an antique shop for a time in the 1950s. In 1975, Ed and Esther Shaver, a newlywed couple from Louisville, Kentucky visited Savannah on their honeymoon. They fell in love with the city and decided to stay. Esther was already a successful businesswoman with five thriving bookstores, and Ed was a prominent contractor. They each sold their respective businesses and set up shop in Savannah, opening E. Shaver Bookseller in 1975. Esther sold the shop in 2015 to one of the current owners, Jessica Osborne. Jessica has been an employee of the store for several years, had been an employee of the store for several years, and the business has continued to thrive under her leadership. Jessica brought store manager Melissa Taylor in as a partner in January of 2020. Not long after Jessica took the reins, a pair of delightfully fluffy bookshop cats, Bartleby and Mr. Elliot, joined the management team. A scrappy little foundling name, and I'm going to say this incorrectly, Skimbleshanks came on board in 2018, rounding out the trifecta of cats to the delight of our customers. So I'm re- reading this and I was like, oh, my, I'm so glad we're going. Like, I'm so glad that we like are on the way to this bookstore. And it was so cute. Um, so like it's there's parts where like you because you're in this old house, but there's books on like every shelf, like all, and there's like other bookstore type things like they have like games for kids and uh, like little things that like people buy like they have like stuffed trinket yeah like trinkets and stuff they like uh notebooks and they had um some like cards and stuff and they had some beautiful i was staring at this wall um and it was so funny because when we first were going jen was i was like to jen i'm like i really want to go to this one bookstore i didn't get that okay serious like shut up basically so we went, I'm like, I really want to go to this bookstore. She's like, oh my God. She goes, it's going to be like, there's this whole shoe debacle for many, many years ago with us. And it's like, it won't be like that. And I'm like, first of all, the bookstore is small, so I can't spend that much time in there. But then the day was hot. She goes, honestly, she's like, take all the time you want. It's air conditioned in here. Um, so we went in and I really wasn't looking for anything. And... Uh, I found the book for Tiffany. I was like, she would love this. I found something for Alana. It was like this cute little game book thingy. And then um, they had like a shelf of like beautifully designed books. And most of them were like more of the classical reads. And I literally, I'm like, I want to buy all of these things. And I don't, I know I won't, I don't need them. So I'm like, I have to walk away. Um, And it was just really cute. I saw all through cats. I only pet the one. I got pictures of all of them. Um, and they had this like really cool thing and I didn't do it, but like they had a typewriter that you could like type notes on and like stick them to the wall. Um, 
But they were very cute and very, some of them were very funny. There was one, I took some pictures of it just cause it was just, it was just really cool. Um, and it said ducks have feathers to cover their wait for it. Butt quacks. <laughs> <laughs> butt quacks. Uh, but it was just really cool to like, see these notes that other people have left. Um, and the cats are really cute. And then I did buy one book um, that someone recommended me, and I don't remember. It's something about witches. Um, I don't remember what it's Ooh. called. It's like the the once in something. Hold on, let me see if I have it on my or my Amazon that I looked up. Because sometimes it's easy to look up the, like on Instagram, like the description of a book. Something about witches. I don't know. But I really liked it. <laughs> great. But that's my story. Savannah was great. Um, we had a wonderful time. That bookstore was amazing. Go check them out. I also bought a cool pin. And I forget who made them, but, like, they just had them. They were, like, book pins. And it was Harry Potter 5. So it says HP 5, and it has a phoenix on it. And then one of the Weasleys, I'm assuming, because it's a redhead. <laughs> <laughs> Who, what Weasley would it be for the fifth book? You have to show me the pin. I sent a picture of it. You might not have gotten to you guys. Mm-mm. Well, no, I got that. What it's a better like... friend. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany ignores my text messages because I texted her this morning and she never texts me Erroneous. Back. It kind of looks like... Oh, is it Cedric? It's the fifth book. It says HP5. Oh. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. As a matter of fact, he is dead. He is no longer with the living. When did you send it? It does look like That's what I thought, but I'm like, why would it be? But I'm like, whatever. I thought it was cool and I bought it. Um, I also bought, they had a sticker that has all three cats on it. (laughs) So I bought that. Yes. Um, I'm trying to see if I have it somewhere written. Once in the Once in Future Witches is what I bought. Um, it was a really cool bookshop. So if you're ever in Savannah, go check it out. Um, it's just a cute little shop. It's more than you're supporting small businesses. Um, what else? I'm just getting ready for wing day, which by the time this comes out, um, I will already have gone through it and hopefully have made it to the other side. And other than that, um, I had a friend go through something really tragic. So if you could just keep her and her family, give her good them good vibes and think of send them well wishes in your mind or whatever. I'd appreciate it. And that's that's life. That's all I got for you. Me talking for eighty years every time this happens. Yeah. I got two more books to read this. You had month. a lot going on. I do. I can't mm-hmm. wait to go home and nap. I don't, I can't take naps anymore. That's great. I need to sleep. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So for uh, spiders and spires. (laughs) What? Also for butt quacks, naps, mayonnaise. Remember mayonnaise? That felt like a long time ago, huh? Yeah. <laughs> for, for all of those things. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. Oh, butt ropes. 
For butt ropes. <laughs> <laughs> for butt ropes oh and babes. <laughs> God. <gasps> Amazing! Just my voice! <laughs> Guys, I saw a crow one time. Are you ready for this? This is my only crow story that I'll tell. Katie and I were sitting at the pool, minding our beeswax, and I look over and this poor family has left their things on their pool chairs. A closed bag of popcorn was there. Crow came over, opened the bag, poured popcorn out, started eating it. (laughs) Good God. Thank you. The awkward turtle. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta sneeze, my friend. <laughs>